In the Wild West world of podcasting, there is one podcast that is authentic and genuine and continues to stand tall in its originality. Based on a passion for his guests, their work, and his love of podcasting, Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast get amazing, diverse, unique guests found nowhere else. The variety and quality are endless. There is something for everyone. Derek Thomas is the hero you deserve. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. Welcome to Monday Morning Critic Podcast. Here is Derek Thomas. Knight Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. You're in for murder, extortion, of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, in the world of criminals who operate above the law. I'm not a cop. I'm your friend. I'm on your side. Michael, why do you need to socialize with so many women? I mean, what's wrong with the little companionship? Huh? I am the voice of Night Industry 2000's microprocessor. Kit, if you prefer. I'm Bonnie Bartlett. And I'm Bill Daniels. And you're listening to Monday Morning Critic. So so I wanted to say thank you both for coming on the show today. And I really wanted to have you on. I, I want to say about a year ago, I had Ed Bagley on the show, and he had nothing but wonderful things to say about each of you. Oh, yeah. Well, Eddie is just a great guy. He's just a perfect person. <laughs> He's a good man. I want to say, though, he, he had just either had dinner at your house or come from, if my memory serves me correctly, which often it does not, um, he, he had just had dinner with you guys or had spent time with you. Maybe I'm, I hope I, I have the right person. Yes. Ed, yes, definitely. Yeah. We see Ed. We see Ed. He has got a wonderful house. So I, I have to tell you, I, I can't decide if it's more impressive the fact that you guys have had a long-lasting marriage or how your acting careers have lasted as long as they did, because I feel like both, when we look at society today, are very difficult to achieve. Yeah, it's, it is. And uh, we probably, we started a long time ago, and we've been through a lot, and uh, we, we like to be together. <laughs> Yeah, and the effect that you're... Nobody else we want to be with. <laughs> the effect that your work has had is pretty amazing. So I, I wanted to, I'm going to be bouncing back and forth a little bit here. One of the things I wanted to say is, um, so I do podcast on the side, but my main source of occupation is I've been a history teacher for almost 30 years. And wow. yeah, I wanted to tell you, thank you to both of you uh, for the dignity you guys brought in uh, Boy Meets World and... Uh, especially Bill's final scene with I Love You All, I just feel like it hit me many years ago and it still hits me today. And for those in education and for those who have been teaching, thank you for always being an advocate for teachers in education and your beautiful comments that you have said over the years. Oh, you're quite welcome. <laughs> I think he's enjoyed it very much. So so I know William's retired, Bonnie, but I feel like you're still acting, right? You were recently in Better Call Saul? Yes, yes, I was. Uh, yeah, I, uh, if somebody calls, uh, I'll, I'll go. I won't, uh, 
fuss around and audition, but if somebody wanted me, I would go and do a job. I could still see what's hard for an older person is the sets. All the all the equipment and all the sets and all and bouncing up in the wagons, you know, you got to get up on those wagons, and uh, that's the hard part. Yeah, <laughs> Not the acting, the the acting is easy, but that's the hard part. Yeah, and and you were absolutely wonderful in Better Call Saul. I really enjoyed your performance. I loved it. I loved doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the other thing I want to say is, you guys met for those listening. You guys met at Northwestern. I want to say about seventy-one years ago. Um. But 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 you guys have been together longer than that, right? No. Well, we met at Northwestern when I was eighteen. Okay. And I am now ninety-three. So you figure it out. I can't add it up. Yeah. <laughs> but I was eighteen when I met Bill, and now I'm ninety-three. So we've been together a long time, and you know, because from the time we met, we just hooked up. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. It was one of those things that just happened, and. Uh, I don't think it happens to everybody, and it just uh, happened. Yeah, and, and it's amazing that, you know, um, in 86, I think you were the only two people most recently that were actually married in real life that actually won uh, Emmys at the same awards, which is pretty impressive, I would say, Bonnie. Well, that I think that's the only time for a series yeah. that two people, married people, both won Emmys for the same show on the same night. Now that's for series. Yeah, that's never happened before. Pretty impressive. Um, is it difficult to be in a field, uh, Bonnie, where your where your personal lives are made public? Uh, I don't mind it as much as Bill does. Bill doesn't like it at all. Uh, they came in. Uh, he does well. I mean, they came in and did Entertainment Tonight, uh, Friday, and it's going to be on. Entertainment says, I, I think it's on October 14th or something. Anyway, he's fine once he gets started. But when they came in, you know, because they take over your whole living room, and he, they came, he said, this is my chair. I'm not moving. <laughs> and they said, well, of course he did. And they set it all up, and it was fine. But, you know, he, he's, he doesn't like to get too personal. Yeah, and that's a good thing because there should be boundaries as to what people know and what they don't know, right? I don't know. I don't know. I I think if there's a reason, I've just written a book. It's going to be published in January uh, called Middle of the Rainbow. And there's a lot in there that is revealing about our lives, and uh, but it's for a purpose. In other words, if you have a purpose, for revealing something, if you have a purpose, you're not just uh, gossiping. You're not just putting it out there. You're not just saying, "Oh, look, look what happened." You know, you're saying it for a reason, and it goes somewhere. It means something. Yeah, and, and you decide what gets out there, Bonnie. Right? Somebody else isn't isn't being, you know, um, like a paparazzi where they kind of just steal private things and private pictures and moments. In a book like that, you decide what gets out there, which is also a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, right. so how difficult is it to write a book in a sense that you, you know you do have to decide what you want to? In the sense that I'm not a writer. <laughs> well, a lot of it, a lot of uh, much of it, had been written years ago. Years ago, when I uh, uh, lost a baby, I wrote a whole kind of play about it, and I took that play and put it into a. Uh, different format for the book. And that was quite a long time ago. And then, 
I didn't start to finish it until about five years ago. And I thought I had a very good editor friend who said, you've got to finish this. You've got to do this. And he pushed me along. He pushed me along until I finally did it. I finished it. Well, that's very exciting. I'm, I'm excited for January. That's a great thing. Um, yeah. You know, I did want to ask you. Good. Yeah. And I want to ask you about a few of your projects. Uh, one of my favorites, and, and maybe one of my one of my favorite people along with you in this scene was Little House on the Prairie. Um, I had Karen Grassel on the podcast a few months back. Um, I have to tell you, I have always shared a fondness in my heart for Victor French. Um, I loved you yeah. in, in Little House on the Prairie. What can you say about your time on that show and Victor French? Well, I loved being on Little House. Mm. I loved Michael. He was wonderful to me, and he was a wonderful producer, director. He was a little cheap. He didn't pay <laughs> enough, but I didn't care. I didn't care. And Victor was fun. The two of them were so much fun with me. They had a lot of fun teasing me, and it was just a part that I adored, and it was just there. I just walked in, and there it was, and I thought, wow, how perfect. This is just the most wonderful part. And Victor and Michael were just wonderful. Yeah, I was surprised how many episodes you were in in that show. It was a lot. I mean, I remember you being on the show. I was in four years. Four yeah, years. that's unbelievable. I, I totally, that, somehow time must have passed that by me because I really, I, I remember you being on the show, but yeah, you were a much bigger part than I initially thought. It was a big part. Oh, yeah, it was. It was a big part. It was a wonderful part. And, and Michael uh, always featured it very much. He loved the part. He loved the relationship between Victor and me. Yeah, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention another icon that married you and, and Victor French on the show, and that is Dabs Greer. Yes, yes. Oh, dear. What a dear, dear, dear man. <laughs> <laughs> Old Hollywood. Yeah, and it's funny because I was looking at some of your parts, and the other part that is very much unlike this part was the part you had in Golden Girls. That was kind of an iconic episode. Um, what, what was your take on that cast in that episode? Because, you know, that was well, an episode. I was surprised about that. It started, I started having people say, oh, Barbara Thorndike, Barbara Thorndike, you know, and I, I was surprised that it took off so much. And it's, I guess she represented a certain thing that, that was very strong. Um, she was a bitch, you know, she was a <laughs> bad, she was a anti-Semite. And, uh, I don't know, people just took on with that, and she became the great villain of Golden Girls. I did a Golden Girls um, uh, convention, and my granddaughter created a Golden Girls uh, T-shirt. Uh, she drew a thing of Barbara Thorndike, the real, what Barbara Thorndike would really, in her mind, was like. And said, yeah, go to hell, Barbara. You know, it's a great, uh, she did a great job. She did a great job on it. And it's, um, I sell them. I sell them when I, when I go to a Golden Girls thing. I do. And you know, there's even a, here in Los Angeles, there's like a Golden Girls cafe or something. Yeah. It's and, amazing. And it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And your filmography is amazing. You know, Twins yeah. and then Dave and V, just so many wonderful, wonderful, um, uh, uh, shows and films. Uh, I wanted to ask Bill a few questions. Um, I wanted to ask Bill, you know, about the iconic, uh, you know, Knight Rider and Kit. Um, that I've heard that people have approached Bill at conventions and asked him if he was actually under the hood when he was voicing Kit. Uh, we were doing a personal appearance, and this man came up and and 
talking about Knight Rider, and uh, he asked me about it. He said, uh, when you do Knight Rider, uh, where are you? I said, you mean, am I under the hood or in the trunk? (laughs) He said, yeah. I said, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) I I was in the studio, and I'd go in and I'd record it. Uh, He seemed disappointed with that, and slouched off. <laughs> uh, he was a very, he was like a businessman. He was a well-dressed, yeah. been any, a lawyer or doctor, he had a very well-dressed man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Bill, the other thing I wanted to ask you was that you were juggling St. Elsewhere and Knight Rider, right? You were going in after filming St. Elsewhere, then you'd hop onto the Knight Rider set and do the voiceovers, voice voice work for that. Is that is that correct as well? Over at the Universal, uh, just in a studio, I'd go in there and uh, they'd give me the script, I'd look it over, and then I'd do it. It took me about 45 minutes or something like that. Didn't you give them choices? Didn't you give them choices? Oh, yeah. I would would say, uh, look, uh, I'll read this in several different ways. And I would do it, you know, uh, slower, faster, in the medium, uh, a different uh, delivery, um, and let them pick out uh, what they wanted. But always in his own voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And my last question, Bill, for you is, um, when you guys go to Comic-Cons and people approach you about Knight Rider, why do you think they love it so much? Why do you think it, it hits home with so many people? Boy, that's a good question because I have no idea. Well, Billy, I think, I think it's what? because it's act, actually at the time we thought it was silly. But it didn't turn out to be silly. It's, it's gone way beyond Knight Rider. And uh, we thought it was a funny a talking car. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> there are talking cars. I mean, you know, we... we Technology has just gone way ahead. I'll tell you, uh, the producer, uh, I had worked for him on another show, an hour show with uh, Bernadette Peters, and uh, he called me and he said, "Uh, I have some lines that I would like you to uh, record, and I want to take it to New York to... Uh, sell it to the producers. So I said, okay. I had no idea what it was. And so I went over and he handed me the script and I looked at it and I said, uh, this is a car. <laughs> he said, yes. I said, and it talks. He said, yes. I said, okay. So I started and he said, could you make it like Ma? Ma Bell? I said, uh, no. Uh, and I started again. He said, how about, uh, I said, would you just let me read this, please? Uh, he said, oh, okay. So I read it and I left and forgot all about it. Except about three weeks later, he said, uh, he said, if we sold it, we, we'd like you to do the voice. I said, well, you know, I'm doing St. Elsewhere. He said, we know that. And we'll work around it. So my agent said, Bill, you can't turn that down. So I didn't. I'd go over there and 
it wouldn't take me very long. You know what? I think it's because he 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 treated it as a character. He didn't treat it as an automaton. He treated it. This is a character. Kit's a character. Kit has uh, you know responses that are mine and and human, and and I think that's why it caught on is because Kit became as much a character as David. Yeah, and that's what I realized looking back, Bonnie, is that it was it was it was a buddy show. It was two people. I mean, he, it kid. was that was a buddy show. You're absolutely right, but yeah. nobody knows why it worked so well. And I can't believe they met six months after the first season started. I couldn't believe that. Like I thought they would have had some connection, but I mean, you know, for initial connection. But David and Bill didn't meet right away, which which was kind of surprising to me, Bonnie. Yeah, they met at the Christmas party. And, and, and you know something yeah. else that that show got right, Bonnie? It's an, it's amazing. Is they predicted the future, right? Cars that can drive themselves. That's car- what I mean. That's what I mean. It predicted the future. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. So thank you for all this time. I have one last question. I am so excited to meet you guys at Rhode Island Comic Con, uh, November 4th to the 6th. Uh, it's at the Rhode Island Convention Center. So I have to know, Bonnie, why do you and Bill love com- – I mean, your marriage is so impressive, the amount of years it's gone. Your acting careers are so impressive. The fact that you're doing Comic-Cons is just so awesome, and it gives a new generation of of kids, adults, a chance to really connect with people that they admire, they love. And tell me why you love Comic-Con so much, Bonnie. I think it keeps us going. I mean, what are you going to do, sit at home and watch television? Or, <laughs> you know, that it makes us, we get out, and, and even with, with the COVID and everything, it was a chance to get out and, and meet people and see people. Uh, and they're wonderful. I, I'm from the Midwest, and I know a lot of different kinds of people than Bill does. He's from Brooklyn. And, uh, and you go out to a place like Kentucky where he would never go, and the people are great, and he enjoys it, and the people are wonderful. And he sees that he sees that people, the American people, generally speaking, by large, are good people. They're good folk, and that's good for Bill because he's a very, very Brooklyn, New York liberal, and it's good for him to see all that and have them love him. It's very good for him. It keeps us going. You know, it's it's the ultimate, Bonnie, it's the ultimate win-win situation. You guys get out, the fans get out. It's just like a perfect match. That's right. You know? That's right. Uh, my last question is, do you think stories and scripts have improved over time, or do you think they've always been the same? H- how has storytelling evolved in, in television and movies, in your opinion, Bonnie? Now you're asking a deep, deep question, <laughs> because I think it depends. You know, we are... What? What do you call us? Septuagenarian? I don't know even what you call us in the nineties. So naturally, our our responses are going to be different because the world has changed so much and the culture has changed so much. We can't. We can hardly talk to our grandchildren because we say the wrong thing all the time. <laughs> We're always saying the wrong thing. And I say, what? What did I say? And they say, Grandma. Oh, you know. And uh, so I think that that, that that that's what it is. It's I can't say better or worse. Yeah. I mean, to me, a lot of it is worse. 
But I, that's not me. That's not for me to judge. Right. Right. No. No. I mean, hey, it, it's to each in their own perception. That's 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 exactly why people love TV or don't like TV or you know, it's 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 to anyone's opinion. But what you're saying makes total sense, Bonnie. Well, it certainly has changed. I mean, for instance, comedy has certainly changed. Well, you mentioned Better Call Saul. Those shows like that are so different than the out and out sitcoms, which were wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. It's a different way to do comedy. You, you know, and, and one thing that's changed tremendously. So, so now we're looking at more volume versus quality, in my opinion. But even something like yeah. St. Elsewhere, where the opening theme song was just so legendary and iconic, like that is lost nowadays. There's no wonderful opening theme song. Maybe like Game of Thrones or a couple other shows, but like shows in the 80s, the 90s, the 70s, the 60s, they always opened up with this catchy, wonderful song. Many of times, right, the, right. the, the, these songs you're ended right. up in the top, you know, five or all ten. All in the family. How about all in the family with the, Gene? Yes, all of those, like all those wonderful shows, like uh, Hill Street Blues on it. Like it's just, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a yep. lot. I feel like that's a lost art, Bonnie. Right, right. Yeah. It is. Um, I, I want to thank you both so much for your time, Bonnie. Is there anything else you wanted to get out there? Your book comes out in January, and could you say the title one more time? Middle of the Rainbow. Middle of the Rainbow. And, and you, you know, Bill has a book. Bill has a book that's been out for about five years. Do you want to mention that by name as well? I, I know it's got a bunch yeah, of his work. Uh, yeah. we, we, the original title was I Thought I Said No, but we didn't use that title. Instead, we used There I Go Again. So Bill's book is called There I Go Again, and it's been out for about four or five years. Okay. It's good. His book is really good, fun reading. Yeah, and, it, and it's, are both those books available on Amazon and, and wherever books are yeah, found? Yeah, and we bring them to the cons. Oh, nice. When we have them, if we have them, we bring them to the cons. Uh, Bonnie, I will come over and introduce myself and say hello to you both when I see you in Rhode Island. Thank you so much for all this time. I am, I, I have been a fan, and I am, I am so grateful for your time. And, and thank you for all the wonderful work you, the two of you, have have really displayed over oh, the years. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also connect with Monday Morning Critic on Instagram and Facebook, MDM Critic on Twitter, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. All episodes available, www.mmcpodcast.com.